Oh, I don't care that the writers are on strike because there hasn't been a good movie in ages. I haven't seen a good movie in blah, 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 blah. F*** you. You thought MCU fans were bad. They've never <laughs> yeah. met a Taylor Swift. I remember when you guys put like all your movies on streaming and didn't tell us? Yeah, f*** you. We're putting this movie in theaters. Did you watch episode three of Ahsoka? I haven't watched episode one yet. Dude, <laughs> we're, on, we're on two weeks now. Yeah. You're killing me, dude. Good. I thought three was the best one they've done so far. And also the shortest I saw. Yeah. But, mm. um, dude, the dialogue is fucking killing me. Like. It's rough. It's rough. But there's an action sequence at the end of this episode mm. that is fucking awesome. Yeah. Like, awesome. I, I, I'm not even going to remotely tell you, like, what it involves. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. How's Ray Stevenson doing? He's doing great. Yeah. He, he only is really in the first episode a lot. He mm. has brief appearances in two and three. Mm. But, like, he's great. The opening, so what I will tell you, mm-hmm. the opening of the first episode Spoilers is, for Ahsoka. Yeah. The <laughs> opening of the first episode is incredible. Mm-hmm. Like, the first 20 minutes, it is the complete opposite, like, almost dichotomy of the opening of Phantom Menace when Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan invade that ship, mm-hmm. but from the bad guy point of view. Oh, that's cool. And it's very, very cool. It was a great opening. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, I, I've been... I'm looking forward to where it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, I just hope some of that dialogue shapens up man it's yeah it's just like every time they speak also you can make a drinking game remember this when you watch it mm-hmm. you can make a drinking game out of every time ahsoka does this <laughs> i'm so serious just a simple she, arm cross for, for li- audio she, listeners i cross my arms she did that a lot in uh her episode of boba fett every shot yeah like, and it's not even, like, I'm not, I'm not even trying to, like, make fun of the show. Yeah. I just think it's funny that, like, that's the character choice. Because, like, wide establishing, she's looking around, crosses. She's talking to a character and the conversation gets interesting, crosses. Just, like, everything is just that. I haven't watched the animated shows. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's something that so, she does there. Maybe. I, I haven't watched them religiously. I've seen episodes of them. Yeah. And I, I familiarize myself with the Rebels characters because they're heavily involved in this series. Mm-hmm. And, um... So I think my only disadvantage on that is I'm not as emotionally invested in those storylines. Yeah. But they still do a decent job of establishing what the current relationships are. Okay. Even if you've never met the characters. Mm-hmm. No, I'm, I'm excited to check it out. I might just give it a bit so I can binge it yeah. at this point. That's fair. Especially if it's like 30-minute episodes. I don't feel like waiting a week. Yeah, yeah. That's completely fair. Yeah. I understand that. But uh, with that down, uh, hello, everyone. Welcome back yes, to another episode of the Movie Nights Roundtable. Uh, how today's show is going to work is we are going to hit you with three main topics. That's right, we have three main topics today. Then we're going to hit you with the B-roll, which is similar to our news topics, except we don't have time to really dive deep into these stories, but we wanted to bring you the headlines so you know what's going on. And then we'll move on to the best part of the show, in my opinion, the box office. So, Nicholas, with that down, what is the first story you got for us today? Yes, our first story is coming to us from The Hollywood Reporter. Um, Marvel has shuffled its TV calendar uh, with new dates for series such as Agatha, Echo, and X-Men 97, amongst others. Yeah, so lots of stuff has been delayed, of course, due to the studios not paying its actors and writers fairly. And uh, Marvel, of course, was eventually going to... This is going to happen to them eventually. Mm -hmm. And uh, while Loki, which comes out in October, is still full steam ahead, going to happen... Originally, this November, they were going to drop all the episodes of Echo. Yes. Which um, looked like that was still going to happen, but they've even moved that instead of November 29th. It is now coming out January 2024, but according to all sources, it will still drop all at once. Mm -hmm. 
Um, they've also are going to... That bad, huh? Yeah, it's not looking good. They're also going to be moving a lot of other shows, including the animated series. Um, X-Men 97 um, is going to get a new date. Um, what if season two is actually going to premiere around Christmas this year, which mm. is surprising. And um, Agatha now has a new title, Agatha Darkhold Diaries. There's some debate as to which, if they're doing viral marketing by keeping up changing the title, or if they just keep changing the damn title. Because there was, what, it was Agatha House of Harkness, mm-hmm. Agatha Coven of Chaos, and Agatha Darkhold Diaries? Correct. I hope that it's actually Coven of Chaos, because that's a great name. Yes, yes, it, it truly is. Um, yeah, so X-Men 97 is going to move from fall 2023 to early 2024, uh, Agatha, the Agatha has the biggest push. It's going to move from winter 2023 to fall 2024. Wow. So it's going back almost nearly a full year. Mm-hmm. And I've heard that the reason that they're moving that, this isn't in the article, I've heard the reason that they're moving that is so it can come out closer to another project it's going to be tied to. Mm, okay. And they, I don't know what that project is. But I've heard, I forget if it was Variety or Deadline, one of the other ones said the reason they're pushing that one back so late is because they wanted to open at a similar time as to a project it's going to be connected to. And I was like, all right, fair. I wonder if it's um, Ironheart. Maybe. Because I rumors, but I feel like I remember hearing stuff about like the hood, mm-hmm. uh, Anthony Ramos, the villain in the yeah. show being tied to like kind of the mystic. Oh, maybe. That so maybe be. they're trying to. Speaking of Ironheart, that. Um, yes. that show is fully finished shooting. But finishing up is going to take some time because they can't do ADR or reshoots or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And it's been completely removed from the calendar, uh, indefinitely mm-hmm. delayed. Also indefinitely delayed is Wonder Man, the series that was starring Yahya Abdul-Mateen II, uh, which was paused mid-production, so it hasn't finished shooting, causing mm-hmm. an indefinite delay. And another indefinite delay, goddammit, is Daredevil Born Again, which was also in the middle of shooting, and it was supposed to debut spring of 2024. It's going to be later than that now, unfortunately. However, I want to add something. Hollywood Reporter, mm-hmm. in their story, says, Daredevil Born Again, comma, a continuation of the Netflix series in the MCU, comma. So, that's clearly not Marvel telling us, but goddammit, just be true. <laughs> just be true. And by the way, they're, they're making an MCU official timeline book. Yeah, I've pre-ordered the fuck out of it. And if it's not in there, that's where I'll, that's where I'll lose hope. Because mm-hmm. like that, that is the place to do it, you know. Yeah. And I looked in every marketing material for this book; it's <laughs> nowhere to be found. And I'm just like, God, please, please tell Damn. me it's in that book, or at least address it in some way in yeah. that book, please. But uh, but yeah. But anyway, going back to the topic, um, yeah. So clearly, you know, obviously these big companies are going to eventually be affected by the strikes going on, and Marvel is no different. Uh, what are your thoughts on everything being shifted, and do you think? We could even see it shift again if the strikes continue longer. Um, yes. I wonder how much actually is tied to the strikes. Mm-hmm. So, like, I know, for example, um, like you said, Ironheart and Daredevil. Ironheart's done. Yeah. Just the ADR and everything. Yeah. So, that makes sense. Um, but for the shows, because has Agatha started filming? I a, think it, it did. Bit? It okay. did start shooting, yeah. Um, I wonder how much of it is that and also just given feedback on shows that have come out recently secret invasion (laughs) um if they're gonna also use that time to kind of restructure a little bit Mm -hmm. as well with it yeah Uh, like i think agatha moving is good because Mm -hmm. it was supposed to come out fall this year you said yeah Mm -hmm. uh or sorry winter this year yeah why would you release a show about witches around christmas time and not halloween time which they are now doing yeah Mm 
Uh, and I think it's, you know, at least they're still putting stuff out. We have Loki, which is already done. What Echo if will be coming out? I'm most curious about Echo because from everything I've heard online and rumor mill and everything like that, apparently this show ain't good. Yeah. And that's also part of the reason why they're dropping it all at once. Just yeah. get it out there. And if that's a show that's done, why are you not just putting it out, getting yeah. it out there? But I guess now that I'm saying it on the counter, if that's going to be the last thing you put out this year for a while between your next mm-hmm. projects, maybe you don't want that to be the last, Yeah, you mm-hmm. know, maybe you want to brush something under the rug quick, yeah. you know, oh, January it comes out, but yeah. also in February, here's this. Yeah. And you kind of forget about it quick because yeah. like. Secret Invasion we've been stewing on, and that wasn't good. Yeah. And we're waiting until November for the Marvels. Yeah. Or does Loki come out first? Loki, then Okay, Marvels. but still, yeah. there was a sizable gap there. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, I'm excited for What If. I am too. Uh, X-Men 97, I think, sucks for people that are probably X-Men fans. Uh, I really don't really have much hype for that show. I do. <laughs> I'll probably watch it. Yeah. Also, I heard somewhere that it's going to be the What If animation. Have yeah, you heard anything on that? Me. Yeah, I've heard that too, but I, I don't know how true it is, uh-huh. but... Uh, we'll we'll see. I mean, it doesn't. I I like the what if animation. I it's yeah. nothing like crazy, but it's yeah. solid. I thought there's something about that old school 2D animation, mm-hmm. you know. But I mean, hey, if it's good, it's good. Yeah. Uh, I do want to add a little bit. Um, yeah. The problem with oh, maybe they can use this time to restructure. Mm-hmm. You can't restructure without writers. <laughs> like, that is also what fair. Restructuring, like if they make a WGA deal, mm-hmm. and then we're still waiting for actors strike they'll definitely use that time to restructure a thousand percent but there's not a whole lot you can do with that other than kevin feige as a producer in his whole brain being like i think i know what to do i just need to put us in a position to be able to do it when we're good to go yeah so well not even from the writing standpoint because you can add in little things to Mm -hmm. create better interconnectivity yeah that's true. because i think that's my biggest issue with marvel lately is that things seem very isolated Mm -hmm. almost too isolated so, you know, now this is a point where you could look at, okay, we're pushing, like, let's say the Agatha and Ironheart thing is true, right? Okay, we're going to push Agatha so it comes out closer to Ironheart where it's tied in. And now we can add in maybe another reshoot day and we could throw in Agatha into Ironheart for a bit, you know, or write another dialogue scene and then have it a direct tie-in or something like that, which yeah. I think would help. Yeah, so nice. not whole restructuring of the shows, but just being able to take that time and look at it from a higher level. And just stare at it because, you know, when you stare at a board, whiteboard with all your ideas on it, if you only have an hour to look at it, you're going to go with what's there. But if you have a day, it's going to be different. Yeah. So I think that hopefully would be beneficial. Yeah. Which is true. Which is true. What do you guys think about all the delays that are happening? Let us know in the comments below as we move on to our next story. Nicholas, what do you have for us next? All right. Uh, Well, look out. Tom Cruise. There's a new savior in Hollywood. Uh, the Taylor Swift Eras Tour concert film ticket presales have hit a high for AMC theaters at 26 million. Yes, this even breaks the record for Spider-Man No Way Home's presales. Um, you thought it, MCU fans were bad. They've never yeah. met a Taylor Swift. Exactly. Um, no, but listen, there's, this is not an understatement. Yeah. This is fucking enormous. It's massive. In regard to the box office for movies. And here's the thing that's crazy about it. It was done without a studio. It was done fully independently by Taylor and her team. They made the deal with exhibitors, the movie theaters, and are putting this film out. 
and uh, studios are pissed at theaters because they didn't tell them. But then I'm sure the theaters responded with, hey, remember when you guys put like all your movies on streaming and didn't tell us? Yeah, fuck you. We're putting <laughs> this movie in theaters. You're already seeing movies move their release date from this date to not compete because since exhibitors have made this deal with Taylor's team, they can take movies that aren't doing well and replace it with another showtime of the Taylor Swift thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this is awesome like that this is independently happening like uh, without studios this is crazy crazy especially since there's a strike going on and next time that the writers and the actors talk to the studios if this film does as well as it's touted to do they can say hey you know the biggest movie one of the biggest movies that have come out this year didn't even need you guys so you know what's the and it was just showing a concert it's showing a concert and taylor swift is a sag member i'm pretty sure so wonder Probably she's been in a few movies. Yeah. Wonder how that's going to lead to some comments from her. That would be cool if she had some stuff to say. Mm-hmm. But to emphasize like how big this is, this might might be the biggest opening of the year, bigger than Barbie's. I think Barbie opened like 168 million or something like that. This has the potential to open higher than that. A three-hour concert film. Mm-hmm. That is fucking crazy. It's crazy. Listen, I'm not a huge Swifty. But if she saves the movie theaters, Nicholas, I'm going to have to buy some fucking albums. <laughs> I'm going to have to do it out of respect. I mean, just the power that she has, too. She changed ticket prices. Yeah. They went to Congress. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. like, going to what Nick is saying, they, which studios don't even do, they told the movie theaters how much they can charge for tickets. And, of course, on brand, adult tickets are 19.89 and kids' tickets are 13.13, which is great. But, which, like, the power, going yeah. to what you're saying, the power of Taylor Swift... Ticketmaster fucked fans so hard that there was Congress hearings about it. No yeah. one else can fucking do that. It's insane. Yeah, she is a marketing and producing. G- she's a genius. genius. Yeah. This is her team. They are fantastic. This yeah. is. I'm so interested to see how this plays out. Yeah, and make this. no mistake, this is going to make fucking bank. And what yeah. I'm excited about. This is like a three-hour concert film, and it's going to make this much money. Maybe moviegoers are cool enough to be like, hey, there's another three-hour movie opening next week called Killers of the Flower Moon. Let's go check that out. <laughs> and it just leads to... And now imagine the double billing of Taylor Swift eras and Killers of the Flower Moon. A Swift That's Scorsese. That's a double feature, yeah. A Swift Scorsese sounds like yeah. a... Um, a score Swift. It sounds like a uh, something they'd say in Ocean's Eleven, you know, the, the nicknames for all the <laughs> <Yeah>. heists. <laughs> I mean, give him a Swift Scorsese. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Twenty six yeah. million for the first day. That's higher no, than some of these movies have been yeah. opening. Not even in the first day; it's just overall pre sales. Yeah, but that means that people are going to go to the theater because I worked at a theater for many years. Yeah, people are going to go; they're going to be sold out, and that's going to keep happening and happening. And then eventually, corporate's going to call every theater and be like, "Hey, add five more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just get rid of movies that aren't doing well and add five more. Yeah, it's going to happen. And it's like, and then those will fill up." It's gonna be. It's gonna make stupid fucking money. Mm-hmm. Stupid money. And honestly, I am here for it because I think it's cool that someone without the help of studios, just like I'm gonna make all this money. All she fucking did was post on her Instagram, yeah, and say, "Hey, these are on sale," and it fucking broke AMC. That is ridiculous. Ridiculous. I know, I but can, I'm. I can buy tickets to see anything. Yeah, for like a yeah. good day. Yeah. It's it's insane. It's crazy. And I love it. I love it. And I it's hope... It's fantastic. I hope that this allows exhibitors to be more willing to make direct deals with people, mm-hmm. even if it's like a smaller independent studio, because clearly they're fine doing it, but Taylor, to be fair, also has a lot of money to back up that kind of deal yeah. with exhibitors, which you need a lot of to do, which is why normally it requires the studio's help. So... It'll be interesting to see how this kind of affects the history of deals going on, especially amid the strikes, so... 
fascinating story, and uh, I I'm gonna follow it closely with the with our favorite section of the show as it comes out. <laughs> yeah, I have to guess that in the box office. Now. Yeah, it's gonna be an interesting thing for sure. It will be. Yes, but uh, what do you guys think of the Taylor Swift Eros concert movie? Just completely blowing expectations out of the water in regard to box office sales. Let us know in the comments as we move on to our next story and our final main topic story. Nicholas, what do you got for us next? Uh, well, speaking of the strikes going on, studios CEOs uh, were set to meet uh, amid eternal tensions. Uh, basically, there's no end in sight for these strikes. Correct. And uh, the meeting we're referring to, because we're only a weekly show, sorry, yeah. we don't do stuff every day. It occurred on August 30th. And, um, you know, basically after our last update of the studios made a proposal to the WGA and the CEOs basically tried to tell them, you should take this deal. It's the best deal ever. And WGA was like, well, we have problems with this, this and that. And they were like, oh, and then left. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, all the CEOs now had meetings with each other. This includes um, Disney's Dana Walden. Uh, Bob Iger did not attend the meeting. Um, and Alan Bergman, Amazon's Mike Hopkins and Jennifer Sulky, Netflix's Ted Sarandos, Universal's Donna Langley and David Zaslav. And, um, okay, so this meeting occurred Wednesday after the 30th, so September, early September, (laughs) this (laughs) meeting occurred, and, um, um, wait, no, August 30th was Wednesday. It was August 30th. Sorry, this weekly show is hard stuff. So, um, basically, these CEOs all met to just kind of talk about the disastrous meeting that happened on the 22nd, where they went to WGA and, like, didn't a deal didn't happen with the WGA saying that it was neither nothing nor nearly enough saying it was something but this is not the final deal by any stretch of the imagination mm-hmm. and all the CEOs were meeting with each other and uh, there's also some things up in the air as to who's the balls and which court the ball is in and PTP is saying that uh, they're waiting on response from an offer they gave the WGA on August 11th, and the Guild says they made a counter on August 15th that they haven't responded to. So there's that going on, and this is all amidst the studios hiring a PR crisis firm that we talked about last week to make themselves look better. And um, here are some the stories, like we said, is from Deadline, and here are some source sources speaking to Deadline about what's going on. Again, anonymous source quoted: Before some wanted to blame Carol, who's the head of the negotiating committee for the AMPTP. Mm-hmm. Accused her of being stuck using a pre-streaming playbook, and um, now that now that have only themselves to blame for how bad things look. That's why when they brought in this PR firm, they started to squabble. And it also later it goes on to say, according to several sources, for instance, it was streaming kingpin Sarandos. Netflix, who lectured the WGA leaders at the gathering last week about why they should take the offer. Others say that while Sarando certainly wasn't quiet, it was Iger who had the loudest voice in the room, with other CEOs in the WGA brass on the 22nd. And uh, quoted the source saying, that approach spectacularly flamed out when they made it worse by putting their offer out in public the same night. And um, the the Deadline article quotes the person saying, in particular, thin-skinned Iger and Zaslav were stunned, (laughs) according to an insider, (laughs) that have been so vilified. They're stunned that they've been so vilified by the Guild and its members over the past several months. Crazy. Maybe if you weren't the villain, you wouldn't look like it. And uh, almost everyone is looking for someone to blame, another insider says. They're paralyzed even as the clock is ticking. It's Ted's fault. It's Iger's fault. It's Tony's fault. It's everyone's fault. And it's not helping the situation or anyone. So... Uh, yeah, there's no end to the strike in place, especially for the writers. And um, th- this is the last thing I wanted to say on the article, because there's another quote that uh, not many people are considering in regard to everything 
These guys are worried about what comes next after the strike. Remember, they're competitors. They're always thinking about how to outbest each other, and the strikes don't change that. Mm-hmm. Meaning, after the strikes, they have to all beat each other money-wise, all the producers. And so there's a suggestion there that even with the negotiations, they're trying to beat each other ahead of time. And that is why the strikes are prolonging is because they can't get their shit together it's in-house fighting. in-house because they're trying to still beat each other financially and it's just like fucking stop mm-hmm. it's so crazy but uh but yeah wanted to bring that update as to it's a shit show right now essentially with the strikes uh we still have the links in our description keep supporting the writers and the actors nick do you got anything you want to add it's just insane that it's gone on this long mm-hmm. and this infighting between them is just going to result in a greater money loss for all of it. Yeah. And I think what baffles me most about this whole thing is there are several production companies that have made the agreement with SAG-AFTRA and with the Writers Guild that are much smaller than these giant corporations. Like, mm-hmm. I think Neon Rated yeah. is getting all these sorts of waivers. Like, Adam Driver's out here promoting Ferrari because yeah. Neon was like, yeah, we agree. Yeah, We'll pay whatever you want. A24, like, same thing. Yeah. And A24... And you're going to tell me that A24 and Neon can afford to do this, but Warner Brothers can't? Yeah, Amazon can't. Amazon can't. Like, that's just insane. That's just corporate greed at that point. And Neon and A24 are smart because now they can actually get the big name actors that are in Mm -hmm. their movies out promoting it. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't have thought, given a second thought about Ferrari, but now I'm seeing it everywhere because Adam Driver is the only actor who can promote a project right now. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I want to address something before we move on to the B-roll here. Yeah. Um, as you guys know, anyone who follows us, they we not only have this show where we do the whole thing, but we also post clips of the show on TikTok, yeah. YouTube Shorts, Facebook, and particularly the Facebook comments. And uh, here's something I want to address really quickly. Um, I see a lot of comments from people on these various sites, particularly Facebook, mm-hmm. of people saying a couple things that I want to address. And I'm not trying to attack the person saying this, or if you're one of the people saying this, I'm trying to educate and inform. I see a lot of people saying, why would I support a strike of millionaires wanting more money regarding to the actors, the SAG strike and everything? Just to let you know, um, SAG is consisted of thousands of members and 80, over 80% of them, I think it's like 86, mm-hmm. uh, can't afford or don't qualify for health care. Well, how much do you have to make to afford health care? $26,000 a year. So 80% of the people in the union don't make $26,000 a year, over 80%. Mm-hmm. And then you're asking, okay, well, how come they have to go on strike, but how come all the rich movie stars have to go on strike? Because if they didn't, no one would take it seriously. Yeah. That's why they have to go on strike. Just to inform you of that. And two, I see there's a huge movement online of people saying like, oh, I don't care that the writers are on strike because there hasn't been a good movie in ages. I haven't seen a good movie and blah, 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 blah. Fuck you. First of all, Name your favorite movie or show. It was written by WGA members. I can almost guarantee you it was. Mm -hmm. Without a doubt. There are some exceptions to that rule. Sure. I highly doubt your favorites aren't written by WGA members. You like Breaking Bad? All WGA. You know, Mm -hmm. you like any sitcom of the past 40 years? All WGA. And for you to say like, oh, there hasn't been a good movie in ages. Do you see four movies a year? Because I've seen, let's see, we're in August, we're in September. I've seen 56 or 7 2023 films, new release films. Ten of them were varying degrees of not good. Mm -hmm. 
everything else has been from excellent to okay. So you're not watching enough things, if that's what you honestly think, mm-hmm. to just to be fair. And yeah, sure, it's all subjective. But if you can give me a list of 56 movies and all of them being bad, I'll happily read it. That just upsets the fuck out of me when mm-hmm. people say that. Anyway, moving on to the B-roll section of our show. Well, we love a good roundtable rant. Yeah, so moving on <laughs> to the B-roll section of our show. Uh, let's kind of dive in. These are just stories that we have just a few things to say in regards to the headlines, but we didn't have a whole lot of time to deep dive into the topics as main stories. Nicholas, what do you got for us on the B-roll? Uh, first B-roll story, SAG-AFTRA puts video game makers on notice with the strike authorization <laughs> vote plan. Yes. So essentially, normally with part of the strike, yeah. video games is one of the things you could work on for SAG-AFTRA, for actors. You could still work on video games. Mm-hmm. That might change rather quickly. Yes. Um, they have given the authorization to approve a strike. Um, maybe by the time the show airs, it was either avoided or happened. Mm-hmm. And we'll have updates on next week's show if that keeps occurring. But um, they've given the approval to do the strike because apparently the video game companies are still not respecting. And I think video games is the same thing with studios. The big one, video game-wise, is AI. It's the potential to change someone's performance without their consent and without paying them for that and keeping their likeness and everything. Mm -hmm. What's up next on the B-roll? Yes, our next B-roll story is a follow-up. Uh, from a story we have reported uh, numerous times on mm-hmm. the show in regards to the lawsuit about the movie Yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, which does not star Anna Diarmas. <laughs> uh, just a real quick recap for those who might not be familiar. There was a lawsuit that was going up against Amazon uh, where people were claiming that they rented the movie Yesterday because that they had wanted to watch Anna Diarmas in it because she is in the first trailer for the movie and that is what Amazon was pushing. Uh, during reshoots and edits, Anna Diarmas' very, very small cameo ended up getting cut onto the editing room floor and not in the movie. And they were saying that they were duped into purchasing the movie. A judge has dismissed this. Yes. So we initially, and it's been a while since we had an yeah. update on this. When mm-hmm. we initially reported it, we said it's a big deal because a judge allowed it to go to trial. Yeah. Because for, like, normally those cases die at that first step. But the judge was like, no, you have grounds. Like, we're going to move it on. Yeah. And then we had the discussion of like, oh, maybe movie trailers will get less deceptive because of this. Well, as soon as it got to trial, the judge was like, what the fuck is this? And just threw it out almost immediately. So, uh, and it might be just because they were asking for millions of dollars from this, which I don't understand. Just ask for your refund, buddy. They probably would have just given it to you. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, just wanted to update you guys. That case has been thrown out. But that doesn't necessarily mean that trailers will get worse or better yeah. because I'm sure it still scared them a bit that it even got to go to trial in the first place. Mm-hmm. So, with that down, it's time now to move on to the box office. The box office. Section of our show. And, Nicholas, what oh, yeah. do you have for us in regards to our predictions? Well, Dalton, you had Equalizer, Gran Turismo, based on a true story, <laughs> Barbie, Blue Beetle, and Oppenheimer. I had Equalizer, Barbie, Gran Turismo, based on a true story. <laughs> Oppenheimer and Bottoms. We were both wrong. What? Crazy. Um, the Equalizer 3 did come in first, making domestically. And these are the Sunday estimates, by the way. We'll put the final Monday numbers in the description below. Um, the Equalizer 3 made $34.5 million, uh, which is pretty on brand for the franchise. It might even be the highest. Uh, Barbie came in second, amazingly, mm-hmm. and it opened to $10.6 million. Can't stop, won't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. Uh, Blue Beetle came in third, 
making another $7.2 million. Gran Turismo dropped all the way to fourth, a 62% drop for an A Cinema score, which is rare, making another $6.5 million. And Oppenheimer came in fifth, making another $5.5 million. All right. And let's dive into some of these numbers, shall we? Uh, Equalizer 3, worldwide, its total right now is sitting at $68 million. It'll probably pass 70 by tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And it uh, was made on a budget of 70 So right at about production budget level, still has a while to go. But it also had an A cinema score, which is typically a good sign, unless you're Gran Turismo. Mm-hmm. And we'll see how that works out for them. Uh, diving into Barbie, it's a it's the biggest movie of the year now, of yes. 2023, biggest movie in Warner Brothers history. And uh, right now it's at $1.38 billion. It might get to 1.4 by next week, although it does release on digital tomorrow. I'll be curious as to those sales as well, because mm-hmm. it will probably be interesting. It has made 9.5 times its budget. Good for Barbie. It's Go off. <laughs> uh, Blue Beetle now has made $101 million worldwide. Crossed $100 million. 101 more than it would have made. Yes, it has. Uh, not enough to be financially successful, and it probably will not reach Flash numbers, but it did cross the $100 million worldwide mark. Uh, Gran Turismo now has made $80 million worldwide on a budget of, I believe it was 60 and so while it has made its production budget back, it still has a little while to go before profitability, mm-hmm. and that's all going to determine on the power of the nun next week. Oppenheimer uh, has now made a worldwide total of $852 million worldwide. It is the third highest grossing movie of 2023 behind Barbie and Mario. Mm-hmm. It has surpassed Guardians of the Galaxy 3's total, and it is now the third highest Christopher Nolan movie only behind Dark Knight Rises and Dark Knight. Um, Variety did a report today saying that it will 100% hit $900 million, and there's a chance that Oppenheimer gets to a billion. It's, it, it, it'd be tough because it's slowing down, yeah. but there is a chance due to its worldwide rollout. Uh, this is a crazy, crazy performance by Oppenheimer, and it is amazing to see. Uh, let's dive into some other movies here, shall we? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles has now made $152 million worldwide. It's made 2.2 times that budget back. It's getting there to profitability, but I think this is something they should be proud of, especially considering where the franchise was before this movie opened. Mm -hmm. It just hit digital, I think, too. I think so, yeah. I don't know what the digital sales will be like, but there might be a nice little bump there. Yes, we'll have to see. Uh, Bottoms, which opens wide next week, has already made $4 million domestically, and I believe its budget was $11 million. Okay. So next week when it opens wide, we'll see how that goes in regard to that budget. Good word of mouth, too. It depends on the cinema score as well. Yep. We'll yep. see how that we'll goes. We'll have to see. Uh, Meg 2 The Trench has made $375 million worldwide, 78 of that being domestic. And it has made almost three times its budget back. So hopefully we'll get the Meg 3. <laughs> uh, Strays has opened, or not opened, but it only yeah. has $26 million worldwide. It's it's a flop. It's not going to see that money back at all. It was made for a budget of 46 I still need to see the film myself, but I do plan on it. Uh, let's talk about Talk to Me. Mm-hmm. Um, it has made worldwide $58 million, but I believe it domestically, it is now the all-time A24 film, surpassing Hereditary. And that is a hell of a feat. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, worldwide, it still is not number one. Let me see <laughs> if I can pull up those charts here. Yes, worldwide, it is still everything, everywhere, all at once. And Talk to Me is in... Fifth. Uh, Let me see. By the way, if if any numbers here seem off, uh, let us know in the comments because I'm getting conflicting reports now about the A24 thing. But it is a lot of money Mm -hmm. for Talk to Me. And with all of that down, 
Nicholas, let's oh do our predictions for next week. Is it just the nun coming out? Let me find out for you. Oh, oh it's the nun and my big fat Greek wedding three. Oh shit. Well, that changes things, doesn't it? <laughs> Listen, that first one made money. Yeah. I'm going to go. All right, I'm going to go Nun 2. Okay. I'm going to go Equalizer 3. Okay. I'm going to go My Big Fat Greek Wedding 3. Okay. I'm going to go Barbie. I'm going to go Bottoms. Damn. Okay. <coughs> I'm going to go Nun 2. Mm-hmm. Equalizer 3. Blue Beetle. Okay. Gran Turismo. Okay. My Big Fat Greek Wedding 3. Interesting. Barbie's popping off the top five it in Oppenheimer. It's on digital tomorrow. Yeah. And while I think it won't have a huge effect, I think it'll be enough to maybe get it out of the top five. Mm-hmm. And Oppenheimer just made it in the top five this week. I think it's finally going to be on its way out. All right. Oh, boy. Well, if you have any predictions... Uh, Barbie might have been a dumb choice, but I, I wanted, to, <laughs> I wanted to, to see if we could get it in there. Definitely. And if you have any predictions of your own, put them in the comments. Yes. And if you are right, we'll shout you out on the show. Absolutely. Yes, we will. Yeah. Yes, we will. And uh, I believe that's all we had on the show today. Uh, yeah. I mean, just... As always, if uh, you want to follow us on social media, our links can be found in the description below, as well as the updated Monday box office numbers. Yes. Links to support the SAG After Strike, because the studios don't want to pay their writers and actors fairly. Correct. And our I'll link our Bottoms review. Yeah. And maybe an Equalizer review if it's out. We'll see what happens. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see if that ever gets done. <laughs> uh, but yes, thank you guys so much for watching, and we will see you next time. 